This episode is proudly supported by Dollar Shave Club. Ryan, one of the benefits of hosting a podcast is that you don't have to show your face while people listen. Now, this was particularly beneficial early on because when I'd use my old razor blade, I get all these cuts and rashes quite regularly. But since I've started using the executive razor from Dollar Shave Club, I've had some of the smoothest shaves in my entire life, and the difference has just been profound. So now I don't have to be embarrassed by a dodgy razor when I walk around out in public and go get my coffee each day. So for anyone else experiencing the same misfortune, thankfully, Dollar Shave Club has you covered for all your grooming needs, such as shower, oral care, and of course, shaving. These products are fantastic for both men and women. For a limited time, new members get their first month of the starter set, which includes the executive razor with a tube of their Dr. Carver's shave butter for only $15. After that, the restock box ships regular size products at regular price. But lucky for you, SportsGrad can get you $10 off your second box. Go to www.dollarshaveclub.com forward slash SportsGrad to get your first starter set for just $15 and get $10 off your second delivery. Welcome to the SportsGrad Podcast, where we empower you with the answers to your burning questions to accelerate your career into the sports industry. We are your hosts, Melbourne-based sports administrators, Ruben Williams and Ryan Walker. Join us as we share unique and personal examples as well as relatable information and deliver them to you in bite-sized, fluff-free episodes. Want to swipe our signature framework to add awesome experience to your resume? Download our free ebook, Four Steps to Create Outstanding Work Experience in Sport, at sportsgrad.com.au. Now sit back, relax, enjoy the show, and don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of our latest episodes released every Tuesday and Thursday. Hello, and welcome to the Sportsgrad Podcast, your bite sized guide to enter the sports industry. As always, I'm joined by the fascinating Ryan Walker. Ryan, how are you today? I'm very fascinated, Rubes, today. I'm feeling great, excited for our guest, um, another superstar from overseas, so very excited to be with you. Absolutely. It should be a fascinating episode. Today, we are learning all about how to launch your career in the NBA. So, without further ado, let's get straight into it. We'll introduce our very special guest all the way from Chicago in the USA. Today, we are talking with Natalie Lebemoff about how to launch your career in, in the NBA. Natalie studied a Bachelor of Business Management at the University of Louisiana before pursuing a Master's of Business Administration as well as a Master's of Sports Administration at Ohio University, which, as we know, has held the title as the number one sport management course in the world. Natalie has been a student athlete competing in soccer, the Vice President of the Student Athlete Advisory Committee at UL, a sales and marketing intern at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway, In 2018, Natalie was part of the research team for 41 bowl games with the Football Bowl Association, reviewing customer data on in-ground fan experience. She's also worked a number of roles in the NCAA at OU, which is a Division I college sports institution. This is where it gets extremely exciting, Ryan. What would I say to you if I told you that you could start your career at Michael Jordan's Chicago Bulls? Well, just having just watched The Last Dance, I'd probably uh, be extremely excited and I'd say you're uh, you're joking me. So, yeah, that gives you a bit of perspective on how good that would be. It'd be unreal for sure. Well, that is exactly where Natalie has begun her career and has been for the last 12 months as a sales coordinator. Natalie, welcome to the SportsGrad podcast. Thanks, Ruben. Thanks, Ryan. It's a pleasure to be here. 
Now, Natalie, last time we caught up was in 2017 on the Ohio University and Deakin University Sports Studies Tour. What's uh, What have you been up to since then? Yeah, that was, wow. Thinking back, that was just an incredible trip. Um, kind of the beginning of um, my experience uh, in graduate school at Ohio. But since then, yeah, went to the first uh, two years of the of the Ohio MBA MSA program. And um, now here in Chicago, working for the Chicago Bulls. So it's um, it's crazy to think back that that was just only three years ago. And so what, what's going on with the uh, the NBA at the moment? The whole world's in a bit of a holding pattern. Different sports are playing it uh, by ear. What's going on with the NBA? Right now there are 22 teams down in Orlando getting ready to start up to finish the 2019-20 season. and begins on July 30th, I believe. Uh, the Bulls are not part of that, so – we just um, kind of have our sights set on next season, but it's really exciting times right now in the sports industry in the U.S. as uh, many leagues have already launched and are getting ready to launch. So sports are back. So what's it like being in the inside of one of the most well-known sporting teams in the entire world, the Chicago Bulls? It's pretty awesome. Um, just knowing the impact that, Michael Jordan had in, in the nineties and just the globalization of basketball and the impact he's had. It's, it's really neat, um, you know, to roam the walls, of the United center, knowing that he played there and, you know, just Michael Jordan memorabilia and, you know, art incorporated into our office. It's just, um, it's almost sort of surreal, you know, but then you get back to it and you put, you know, you ground yourself and, you know, it's just, it's your everyday job. So you got to go in and, and just keep working. I presume he's still hanging around head, headquarters. What's it like hanging out with Michael Jordan week to week? <laughs> I've never actually met Michael Jordan. Uh, he, um, we do have a famous Michael Jordan statue that our, our offices overlook uh, through glass windows, but Michael Jordan has an NBA team of his own. So haven't got to meet him, but um, he is his presence, um, you know, it's definitely has impacted the organization for sure and still continues to. I want to get into what the application process is like for an NBA team a little later on. However, you don't end up at an NBA team without building yourself up to be an absolute gun along the way. So can you talk us through your journey through the University of Louisiana and Ohio University and how your time in college prepared you for the sports industry? Well, uh, as you mentioned before, I was part of the women's soccer team at Louisiana, and it was pretty much soccer and and school for me. Um, That's really what I was focused on. And it was during my second year, it kind of dawned on me, you know, I need to figure out what I want to do after college. I knew I wasn't interested in pursuing soccer any further and had always just been a sports nut, sports fan, you know, consume articles and watch games and whatever it was, I was totally into it. But I was pretty naive at the time. And I didn't really know what sports business was. I was always on the other side of the field and playing. And so I needed an internship to graduate. And I ended up going into the athletic department one day and asking if they had internships. And they said no. And I said, well, could we create one? And they said, yeah. So 
Um, that was kind of my first foray into sports business. And it was actually in the compliance office, which makes sure that the department and the teams and the coaches are all following the NCAA bylaws and guidelines, but also was fortunate to get some other experience in areas like marketing and game operations and athletic fundraising, which really gave me that 360 degree view of how the department functions and a true understanding of sports business. And there was one day I was in the athletic fundraising office and the executive director asked me what I wanted to do after I graduated. And I told him that after this internship that I really, I'm really enjoying it. I think I want to work in sports. And he pointed to a wall behind him and it had two framed master's degrees from Ohio University. And he said, if you want to work in sports, you need to go here. And I had never considered graduate school uh, until that point, but I said, okay. So I went through the application process, um, got to interview and was thankfully accepted into the program. So um, after three years at Louisiana, I was off to Athens, Ohio, and the program is incredible. There is just a wealth of opportunities for growth and development as a sports business professional from start to finish. I mean, as students were running marketing campaigns, you know, you're working football and basketball operations. You're, you have a graduate assistantship and you're literally working an entry level job on top of going to class. And in addition, you're working on projects with live clients in the sports industry. And those experiences directly translate to the sports business and, actually what I'm doing now. And it was just so invaluable. Have you been in contact with that former professor from the University of Louisiana to um, just say, hey, thanks for kind of guiding me to the point where I am now? Absolutely. Yeah, we uh, we still keep in touch. Um, he's hopped around a little bit. He works in college athletics and he's moved jobs. But yeah, just if it wasn't for him, I would have never found out about the program. So I will always be thankful to him. I love as well how you essentially created an internship for yourself, even though there wasn't one available. I think that that is uh, that is awesome. Natalie, early on, you, you held an, an executive role on the student-led committee. What did you learn from that experience? Yeah, being on the student-athlete advisory committee, it, to give some context, it's comprised of two or three individuals from each team uh, in the athletic department. And we have meetings biweekly and you just you talk about improvements and how, you know, we run campaigns, we do community events and you're just kind of the voice for the athlete, um, for your team, you know, to our advisors um, that work in the athletic department. And what I really learned from this is how to be a good listener it really allowed me to become more open-minded because each team is kind of in their own little bubble um, and it's easy to get siloed. But when we all would come together at these meetings, you would hear from these other student athletes about, you know, their challenges, their experiences, and it, it gives you a different perspective. I th- really think that translates to the sports industry and how, you know, when you're at the table, you, you listen to others and you hear what they have to say you know, asking the right questions and just being mindful of all the stakeholders involved. So that really was probably the most valuable part of it for me. And what would you say to other students considering jumping on the Committee of a Student Association? 
I would say get involved. Uh, don't be afraid. You know, if it wasn't for this committee, I wouldn't have some of the relationships that I have today. And I also would have never met the executive from the University of Louisiana Athletic Department that I had requested the internship with. So, you know, if I if I don't do the internship, I'm, I'm not where I'm at today. So get involved. It's only going to help you and help build your experience. Natalie, you talked about some of the pretty incredible projects that the University of Ohio sets you up to work with. What were some of the key skills that you learned during these projects or some of the key situations that you learned to be comfortable with through the projects that have prepared you for your current role? Sure. Yeah, as um, those live projects were so critical to the development, my personal development and working in sports, and I'm sure uh, my classmates would agree. And you have, you know, my position now where we're going out and we're trying to pitch new business and you're talking to new prospects and you have to be comfortable talking in front of people. Another thing is you always need to be prepared. You never know what's going to happen. Things can change on the fly. And I'm kind of naturally introverted. So lots of what I'm doing day to day is collaborating with others. So you just, you know, you need to, you know, put yourself out there and um, be comfortable in those tech settings. One of my favorite projects I worked on was for Richard Childress Racing, which is a NASCAR team. And we took a class trip down to North Carolina and we actually were going to visit their facility. And this was after the project was done. And we weren't really sure if we were going to present to them live. So on this bus trip, I, I don't know how many hours it was, eight, eight, 10 hours. I just, I was on pins and needles, not knowing if I was going to be presenting to our client. Um, but, but my partner and I, we were prepared, you know, we had it on a flash drive and we had it printed out. We actually ended up presenting to them um, after we toured the facility in the boardroom. So it just, it just comes to show you always be prepared. So we've done our research here at SportsGrad HQ um, and we've found that you are a Dr. James Mason Scholarship Award winner. Now, that's it sounds somewhat fancy. So, can you explain what this award is for? First off, I have no idea how you found that out. You guys are good, but it's uh, think- it's on your LinkedIn. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> that that's the extent of yeah. the research that was done. Yes. Okay, I'll have to go. We do, we back. do a deep dive here. Check that. I didn't know it was on my LinkedIn. We'll have to look after this. But um, James Mason was a really influential figure in our program. And uh, the award honors him as the founder. Um, It's chosen, I believe, on a basis of demonstrated leadership potential and, you know, your commitment to a career in sports administration. And I've always prided myself um, on just doing the work. Um, kind of in the background, just nose to the grindstone. And from playing sports all my life, I've just always had a strong sense of discipline and drive. And that just hasn't faded, um, even as I've transitioned out of uh, playing sports. But, you know, waking up every day, trying to be better than you were before yesterday, and just holding yourself to a high standard and never stop learning. I think that was pretty evident um, by the faculty and by my classmates. Um, so yeah, it was an honor to receive it and, you know, there's no job description for passion. So that commitment to, you know, working in sports, um, is always going to be there. 
The exciting part that I'm really keen to hear about, Natalie, is the entire process to getting a job at the Chicago Bulls. So I'm really interested to hear from yourself. Where did the job appear and what was the interview like? Yeah, I actually, um, I came across the job. It was a week after we were out in New York for our annual capstone trip. And I was uh, on a team that had presented to the New York Jets. And there was four uh, sponsorship executives and two of them were Ohio grads. And I just kept in touch with them after. And one of them sent me a job, this exact job from the Bulls um, about a week after through LinkedIn and said, you know, take a look at this. This may be something um, you should look into. It's like, okay. So I looked at it. was very intrigued by it. So I was like, all right, let's go for it. Um, and I guess I should take a step back. And, you know, my whole time at Ohio, I thought I was going to work in college athletics. Um, I was dead set on it, specifically compliance. I was going to be a compliance officer at a division one institution. And it was Kind of as we started doing projects in our in our MSA year, and I was putting myself on teams that were doing sponsorship projects and just trying to you know broaden my knowledge and broaden my scope um, and put myself in you know maybe areas or subject matters that I wasn't as wasn't as familiar with. So yeah, until this point, I had no interest in professional athletics. Um, whatsoever. And so like, you know, applying for a job at the Chicago Bulls, this is probably a shot in the dark. So I applied and was fortunate enough to get a initial phone interview, uh, passed that and went to a video chat with a few different uh, executives from the Bulls, passed that and was invited to an in-person interview, which would also include doing a project. So I got a sponsorship-based project, um, got about a week to work on it, and would present that to an executive panel um, when I went to the interview. So I did that. And then after I presented, um, kind of got to let loose a little bit, I guess, uh, and go to lunch with uh, a couple employees that actually are now colleagues uh, and just kind of ask them questions about what it's like to work at the Bulls. What's the culture like? You know, do you enjoy working here? You know, what, what's your favorite thing about working here? And really just kind of interview them, um, which was probably the most valuable portion of the interview for me because, you know, while interview, I believe is, you know, it's two-sided, you know, you obviously want the job and they're asking you questions and, you know, you go through the entire process, but then at the end, like, if you're one of the final candidates, you you want to make sure you know exactly what you're going into. So getting the chance to ask them those questions during lunch um, was awesome. Where were you and who were you with when you got the call to say you'd been successful? And uh, how did you react? What did you do? Yeah, it was a couple of weeks after and I was just I was back at home in Indiana with my parents and my mom and I were out running some errands and I was driving and my phone started ringing and I looked down and it was from the Chicago Bulls. And I was kind of like, you know, I'm driving a car, but my heart, and I kind of dropped like, oh my gosh, like, this is it, you know, it's yes or no. And, you know, I knew I put my best foot forward and whatever happened, you know, I was going to be okay with it. Um, but I picked up, the, I answered the phone uh, via Bluetooth and 
received an offer from the Bulls um, for the job. And I was just ecstatic. You know, you're so happy. And then you were so relieved, you know, just all the hard work and, and preparing and, you know, just the weeks on end of waiting. Um, it, it was just such a relief. So, yeah, I'm glad that I didn't uh, crash the car. Thank you for clarifying that you weren't uh, driving on your phone at the same time and you did, in fact, use the Bluetooth. Um, we're very happy to hear that you're a safe driver, Natalie. You did talk at length about the, um, the extensive interview process through phone call, video call, you know, a one-week project and then, you know, lunch with the, with the team as well. There's plenty to kind of think about through that entire process. How do you prepare for an interview like that? Yeah, and we're lucky um, with the Ohio network. There are just so many resources. And I actually connected with a previous uh, classmate kind of about what types of questions I should prepare for more the more so the general questions, you know, what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses? From there, I made a Word document and thought of every single question I could possibly think of um, and all the different variations and just try to think of, you know, a pertinent example or a story for each that could help explain, you know, or show that you exemplified this um, whatever they were asking you. Because really what they're looking for is how your experience is going to impact how you're going to do the job that you're interviewing for. Also, just making sure that you understand the role and really taking time to decipher what's in that job description because they want someone that knows exactly what they're getting into. And another really uh, important part of the interview process is asking them questions. Um, As I said, that you know, interviewing is a two-sided process, but some of the executives that interviewed me actually, you know, after I started, they told me after the fact that they really appreciated the questions that they asked me or the questions I asked them and my effort in trying to really learn what it would be like to work there. And finally, you know, at the end of the interview, I think it's really important to just eloquently state that you want the job. Um, I just came out and flat out said it. Um, I think it's really easy to get caught up in the nitty gritty of of the questions and, you know, the preparation and you start overthinking. But so I think at the end, it's important to just leave them, you know, with that and cutting through it all and just showing that you really want it. It's a really good point. I think, again, that's like the we speak about it a lot, Rubes, the, the passion piece and sort of showing why you want the job. I think if you can leave them on a note that is basically saying, I want this job and this is why and this is how I'll be good at it, then I think it sort of sends a pretty clear message and a lasting sort of message as well. So, Natalie, tell us a little bit about your role uh, as sales coordinator and what exactly it involves day to day. Sure. I'm a sales coordinator on the corporate partnerships team, business development. So, trying to secure new sponsors for the team, you know, driving revenue. Um, it's a unique role because they, they created, it was a brand new role um, in order to sort of strategize their sales process more. It was kind of, you know, one off. They were just kind of emailing and cold calling and, you know, they, they found a need for this position uh, to sort of streamline it. And so I do, I work a lot with syndicated research tools and doing research on our fans and then looking how our fan fan base can connect to, you know, the demographics of these brands that we're reaching out to. And, 
you know, I'm building pitch pitch decks for prospects and looking at new categories and industries and, and just looking all around the sports landscape and, you know, try to find synergies between brands and, you know, basketball brands and the bulls. And so it, it's a lot of fun. Everything, every day is different. Um, you may be researching, you know, tire companies one day the next year, looking at, you know, financial categories or insurance. And so it, it is never monotonous. No day is ever the same. And it's just a really fun team to be a part of. I'm sure there'll be brands lining up to partner with the Bulls. Who are some of the, the brands that you work with at the moment? Yeah, well, uh, without a doubt, the United Center. Bulls play at the United Center, so they're a big one. Uh, Budweiser is also a big partner of ours. And Zenny is really unique uh, partnership. They are the Jersey Patch sponsor, but they're an, an eyeglass company. That's a pretty unique one. But, yeah, the Bulls, we have over 100 corporate partners. That is a lot of partners. A lot of account managers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How many people manage those 100 sponsors? Yeah, we have an account team of about six account executives. Six. And then six. they have some managers. So, yeah, they are um, <sighs> they're running pretty thin. They, uh, I think they average about 30 accounts each. Or... That have a bit on their plate. Wow. Yeah, they they double up. Um, so yeah, thirty accounts oh, yeah. each. They double up. So yeah, it's a lot of work. But um... <laughs> to give you context, the the team that I work in, we've got four account managers, and sorry, five, and they'll essentially manage about twenty five to thirty. So it's, uh, yeah, that's amazing. Brian, you're looking after three or four at the moment. How do you reckon you'd go with um, 30? Well, <laughs> I don't know if I'd be <laughs> – I certainly couldn't do a podcast if I was doing 30, Rube. So, <laughs> that would be something else. So, yeah, wow, that, that's amazing. And wh- what are some of the uh, the cool things that those brands um, look to do with the, with the Bulls in terms of activating their partnership? Yeah, aside from, you know, the traditional, you know, signage in the arena – uh, we do a lot of really unique things. A lot of brands are active in the community. Um, you know, Adidas is one of our big partners and we do these tournaments, um, call them BAM tournaments and it's kids from the inner city and they play basketball games against police officers. And it seems, you know, it's really relevant right now, um, during this time and what's going on in our country. But, you know, after they play basketball, they actually sit down at the same, same table and you know they talk about their differences and you know how they can work things out and you know another really unique thing um, to be a part of this past year was the NBA All-Star Weekend you know aside from just the different players coming into town but there was just so many brands that were league partners that came into town and they were having activations all over the city and over Navy Pier and you know pop-ups in different neighborhoods there was so much energy during that that weekend that the NBA came and took over. Uh, you mentioned your team of account managers as well as a bunch of executives and up to 100 brands. Who are some of the stakeholders who you work with in your role and, and how do you manage them? Right. From my position, as I mentioned, um, we are always, you know, trying to find new business and new partners and something really unique that we do at the Bulls in terms of the ideation process is sort of our own little agency. 
And every week, um, recurring meeting, we all get in a room and we have a different prospect that we're covering. You know, somebody in the room from marketing is there, somebody from community relations, somebody from game entertainment, somebody from the digital team. And we all are, you know, generating ideas, brainstorming, trying to figure out unique new assets um, that we can, you know, apply for a partner. And I think that's a really super unique approach. So after that meeting, I will huddle up with the seller account executive on our team and kind of decide which ideas we want to go with. And from there, have to meet individually with the different departments to see, you know, if some sort of asset is feasible. Can, you know, can we do this community program in schools around Chicago? Or, you know, can we do this on Instagram? Can we do this on Twitter? Because, you know, there's certain rules around players and and marketing and, and things like that. So we are collaborating every single day with every single department. And um, that really allows you to build relationships, you know, across the organization. Most of our listeners will be aware of the Michael Jordan Last Dance documentary that was recently released on Netflix. How do the Bulls leverage the coverage this this series was receiving? Yeah, the last dance, uh, it was amazing, especially, you know, being new to the organization and, you know, barely being uh, on this earth at the time that Michael Jordan, you know, kind of set fire. Um, it was so awesome to watch that. You know, the Bulls didn't produce the content, but there were a few folks that still work uh, here at the Bulls that were actually uh, in the series you know, being interviewed. So it was really cool to see them. And, but our digital team did a phenomenal job of treating every single episode like a game night and, you know, building content around that. We saw increases in engagements and followers across all of our social platforms. And in addition, we did some really unique sponsored content with Budweiser with some of the Bulls legends that still hang around uh, the United Center from day, day to day, uh, like Tony Kukoc and Horace Grant and Bill Wennington that were all featured in the last dance. Um, but, you know, they, they launched this uh, prior to the last uh, episode and just shared never before told stories um, from their days playing with MJ. So, you know, we, it was ESPN's event, but we did, a great job of building content around it and, um, you know, still staying relevant. That's a very cool thing to be a part of in in your first year at an organization like the Chicago Bulls, as if, you know, things couldn't already get any cooler when you're inside an NBA club and then a documentary like that comes along. What have been some of the, uh, the other cool projects or moments that you've been involved in in your time at the Bulls so far? Outside of the NBA All-Star Weekend that I mentioned, um, one of the really cool projects that I was a part of that wasn't, you know, it's not super glamorous, but we signed a new partnership with a local uh, economic development village. I was part of the initial phone call where we were just spitballing ideas uh, out of the thin air. And then, you know, we went to the agency meeting and then, we drafted the proposal and then we presented it to them. And then after signing that deal, and then they actually had a promotional night uh, with a water bottle. And I just remember being, you know, sitting at my desk and thinking of what promotional item 
could we do for the village of Bedford Park? And we came up with a water bottle and we pitched it and they loved it. And so just seeing that come to life, you know, 20,000 fans receiving a water bottle that you thought of sitting at your computer months prior. Um, it's just kind of surreal. Like, so not, you know, an amazing example, but it comes to show that, you know, the right idea um, can get funding. And so never cast out on any of your ideas. Yeah, definitely. And I think particularly when you're early in your career, you can often think, wow, it's just awesome to be inside the organization. And then when you get your first chance to, to have an impact, that's even, you know, an even more special moment for, for someone just starting out. You talked about earlier the um, pool of ideas that you guys come together on on a weekly basis to, to generate for your for your partners. I'm interested for, for Ryan's sake, who deals with uh, partners on a day-to-day and weekly basis, what are some of the ideas that that don't make it through through the process that uh, potentially Ryan and the team at Cricket Australia could pick up? It's a loaded question, Ruth. Right. I like it. Um, but, yeah, any ideas would be great. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send them over after. There's a lot of ideas coming out of that meeting. Um, you know, if it doesn't work for one partner, it may work for the next. So it's just, you know, having, you know, a weekly meeting recurring where you're all in the same room and, you know, you just get – you know, it's an instant gratification, like, oh, let's do this. And, you know, the marketing team may say, no, we can't do that. So, yeah, it's been uh, the, uh, the approach was implemented, I believe, a couple of years ago. And um, we're still doing it and we really see success in it. And I, I believe some some other NBA teams have also adopted a similar process. So you should definitely um, pick it up over there in Australia. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll have to... Um get a, a full summary of this process because I but yeah as I said before 100 partners maybe requires a little bit more of a process than what's happening but um that it, yeah that's incredible I'm sure there's lots of ideas coming out of uh the bulls uh for next right, season you've, you've got a right you've got a weekly whip later today you're gonna put that in the agenda yeah that that'll be in rooms I'm just thinking about the agenda now that will be sent around in approximately 13 minutes. So, um, yeah, that'll be in there, no problem at all. Natalie, last sort of question, and I know it might be a little bit, um, might be an interesting one from your point of view, but the NBA season is about to restart very soon and personally very flat that we won't be able to see Zach Levine uh, dunking around and, and doing what Zach Levine does. But how has the, the restart sort of changed your workflow and, your priorities over the next few weeks? I know you mentioned before that you're more so just preparing for next season. Yeah, and that that really is it. You know, once the NBA came out and announced that it was just going to be the 22 teams in the restart, you know, it was kind of closure for the past season. So, you know, as a team, we had to go back and, you know, it's been a few weeks of just trying to figure out the make goods for partners and, you know, assets that we missed from, from not having games at the United Center and we're pretty much through that process now. So as a sales team, you know, we're reaching out, you know, for new business for next year and just trying to, you know, prepare for the next season, which is uh, tentatively scheduled to begin in December. Um, and others talks that, you know, it could be beyond that. Um, we'll see. But, yeah, we're still um, working from home as well. So that's gone uh, as good as it possibly could. Um, we're looking at getting back in the office here 
uh, in a few weeks. So um, it should be exciting to, to see everyone. But yeah, um, you know, guns are blazing on, on next season. Natalie, thank you so much for your time today. I think you're a terrific example for any students out there who are looking to follow their passion of working in sport and pursuing a sport management degree. And I think the examples that you've shared today in terms of going out and grabbing opportunity, creating internships for yourself, putting in the hard work and dedication over many, many years, and then preparing properly to put it all together to um, really nail an interview at an organization like the Chicago Bulls is just fantastic to observe even even for us so we can't thank you enough for coming on to the podcast today oh thank you both um it's been such a pleasure it's been super fun so thanks again thank you to everyone for listening to the sports grad podcast your bite-sized guide to enter the sports industry if you've enjoyed this episode we would love it if you subscribed rated and left us a review it really does mean so much to us plus it goes a long way to helping us get outstanding guests on the podcast such as natalie Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the SportsGrad podcast. If you need help with your sports career, head to sportsgrad.com.au and download our free ebook today. And if you've enjoyed the episode, please give us a tag on socials at SportsGrad. Mm-hmm.